Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour with your host, Sam Leibowitz. Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I'm very, very pleased that you are here with me today. Oh, we've got another wonderful show in store for you with another fellow Evolutionary Business Council member. Oh my God, I've been getting so many of them coming on and they've all been great shows. Oh, uh, you're definitely in for a treat today. Of course, let's get going. We'll get started first with our quotes of the day. I know you've been waiting all week long to hear what the universe and Abraham have in store for us today. So let's see what our quotes are for today. From the universe. In all battles of the heart over the mind, go with your heart. Because truly, it's a lot easier for you, for your mind to catch up with your heart than for your heart to catch up with your mind. A whole lot. Tally-ho, the universe. Ah, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe. So yes, definitely, go with the heart. Oh, and that's been actually a bigger and bigger theme lately, the more I've been talking with people. So let's see what Abraham has to chime in with today. The discipline that we would like you to exercise is to make a decision that nothing is more important than that you feel good and that you are going to find thoughts that feel better. Your cork floating is the only thing that is worthy of discipline. Abraham. Okay, so for those of you who don't know the cork uh, analogy, um, this is one that Abraham uses actually quite a bit, and it's Basically, that our vibration, our attitude, our f how good we feel in any given moment is like a cork, and it will naturally rise up. It will naturally go higher, and it's only when we're in an active state of resistance holding it down does the cork sink to the bottom or stay below. And all we have to do is just let go of the resistance. I mean, I say that's all we have to do, but yes, of course, you know, it's, it takes some training and, and practice. But once we let go of the cork, it's going to naturally rise. And what does that mean? It means you just feel better with what you're doing, with how you're being, not for any specific reason, not because you just got a promotion or you're making more money but because it serves you to feel better. And this is the discipline they're talking about, is to decide. And once we make a decision, right, to decide, for those of you who remember, it's to cut off, actually. To decide is to cut off other possibilities. It means you're choosing one, one thing to the exclusion of something else. Decide that the most important thing to you is to just feel good in your skin, to feel good in your life. And all these other things, all these other goodies that we think we want are merely excuses to feel good. You don't even have to wait until you have them. Using our vivid imagination, our brains cannot tell the difference between something that's real and something that's vividly imagined. So if you really looking forward to that juicy ice cream sundae in the afternoon, just envision it. Envision how good it's going to taste. 
scoop by scoop as you lick it. And you can already feel better. You already feel the juiciness of enjoying that ice cream sundae. So you don't even have to wait. And the more you line up with these good feeling thoughts, the more you line up with the energy it takes to really create amazing things, the easier it flows and the more in tune you are and and things are just wonderful. And of course, you see, it works perfectly with our quote from the universe. The more we're in, li- in alignment with our heart, the less we're resisting, the more things are good. And life is, is just grand. So a couple of wonderful quotes from the universe and from Abraham to help carry you through the week. I hope you will remember these as you're going through your day-to-day, going, what, what was that Sam said again on, on Monday? Uh, oh, yeah, right, right. Let my cork float. Let my cork float. Okay, good. So... You've been enjoying these quotes for quite a while. I hope you're getting as much joy out of them, listening to them as I get reading them. So now it is my extreme pleasure to introduce to you Sharon Saylor of Competitive Edge Communications. Sharon is an international speaker, a corporate trainer, an executive coach, and the founder of Competitive Edge Communications, which is a company that's devoted to teaching professionals how to become influential leaders using critical verbal and nonverbal skills. You know, we we tend to think that like, oh, I got to be a good speaker. I got to know how to talk to people. But, you know, they say, how how much is it, Sharon? Like how much of communication is nonverbal? It's like 70% or something? It's actually more than that. More than that. Yeah. And uh, Sharon is also a published author of seven books. Oh, wow. Seven? Awesome. Um, And her body language bestseller, which is What Your Body Says and How to Master the Message, is published by John Wiley and Sons. And they've been translated into six languages. Wow. And her latest book, which is now an Amazon bestseller, is Mindfulness in Action. And we are very, very pleased to have you on the Conscious Consultant Hour today. How are you doing today, Sharon? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. So I'm always curious, you know, how people end up doing what they're doing because it often has absolutely nothing to do with what they thought they were going to do when when we were younger. So like, I can't, I just can't imagine you like running around the house telling you, mommy, mommy, when I grow up, I'm like going to publish lots of books and I'm going to teach people how to communicate without talking. Oh, absolutely. That never crossed my mind. <laughs> I actually have a degree in fine art, and that was in my fine art. That was my first choice. Oh, cool. Well, actually, I, I was a double major when I was in school, and fine art was my first. Well, I shouldn't say my first. That was after I transferred. My first major was physics, but then when I transferred, I went to find my first major was fine art, but then I decided I didn't want to be a starving artist, so then I went to computer science. <laughs> that was similar <laughs> to me. I went into marketing and graphic design because starving artists didn't ah, work. <laughs> okay. Okay, so so you graduated with a degree in uh, marketing and, and graphic design. How did that uh, lead you to talking about body language and communication skills? Well, sometimes the universe has different ideas about where your life <laughs> is supposed to go. Yes, doesn't it? Isn't it quite funny? And I was going through a really rough patch in my life about 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And my friends know that... Get Sharon to learn something. If you want to change her attitude, want to zip her up a little bit. So they actually drug me 
to a, <laughs> a <laughs> seminar. And kicking and screaming. Like, I don't want to go. You know, I don't want to do that. I did sort of want to wallow here. Anyway, yeah. they d- picked me up and took me to the seminar, a weekend seminar on neurolinguistic programming. Ah, NLP, I yeah. had no idea what NLP was mm-hmm. or any of that. The very first speaker of the morning mm-hmm. was an international expert on nonverbal communication in the classroom. His expertise is actually helping teachers manage classrooms without saying a word. But that translated as well into helping us all understand. He had me mesmerized, Uh absolutely mesmerized. And I didn't know this, but at the first break, he came up to me and whispered in my ear, let's go for a walk. Oh, really? And I'm actually very shy and introverted. And there's like 50 Uh people in the room. I'm like, oh, why me? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was just sort of in the back taking notes. Mm-hmm. We went for a walk. He proceeded to tell me like a psychic reading. I'm going through a rough yeah. patch. You're in the arts. It was kind of creepy, actually. Wow. And then as I sat down, he whispered in my ear, if you'd think with your mouth closed, you'd look more intelligent. Oh. He had me hooked. I know we're audio only here, but Mm. I had my mouth hanging open with that deer in the headlight look. Sure, sure. Just not intelligent. (laughs) (laughs) Once I did it in the mirror, I was like, I totally get what he was saying. He had me hooked. And from then on, I went up and spoke to him at the lunch hour. Mm -hmm. We actually agreed to work together. And for the past 20 years, I've co-authored two books with him, mentored with him for 20 years. And then... About a decade ago, he's the kind of mentor who gently pushes you out of the nest Mm. and says, fly. And Ah. that's how it all came about to learning and understanding nonverbal communication. Wow. wow! But but over that course of time, I imagine you were still working, doing your regular job and and stuff. There must have been sort of a tipping point where you said, you know what, I'm going to switch from what I'm doing and, and really just focus on this. About 10 years ago, I got to the point where okay. the d- marketing graphic design, it was it was getting old, shall mm. I say. It was getting repetitive. And right, I'm a type of person right. who just loves to learn and continually mm-hmm. learning. Mm-hmm. And I followed the path of this is really what was calling me. Right. When I would start talking to people about nonverbal communication, right. ways they could increase their likability, their confidence, mm. their credibility, even increase their courage. Right. Those moments where you could see the light bulb go over people's heads. I I don't know how to describe (laughs) it, but you could just see the eyes open up. And it's almost as if you see this imaginary light bulb when they get that moment. You're like, oh, yes, this is where I'm supposed to be. Right, right. When you see them lit up and and you know, like you've, you've just made a real change in their life. Yes, absolutely. But oftentimes I'm even amazed myself because I'm not always Mm -hmm. sure where the insights come from. So I'm very Mm -hmm. passionate about letting it flow through me as if this is a a conduit for a message they're supposed to hear that will help them on their journey. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Because, again, it's when the heart speaks, it speaks faster than the brain. Uh, Like uh, that Malcolm Gladwell book, uh, Blink. Blink. Right? Yes. You know, where he went through how like, you know, when we make a decision in a split second, like you could have spent like 100 hours trying to figure out the exact right answer and it wouldn't be as good as the one you made in a split second. Absolutely. But we have to be aware of the opposite side of that because oftentimes we make snap judgments about other people. Right. And we don't right. have enough context to know. That's, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Um, interesting. Interesting. So for like the last 10 years, like this has been your life doing nothing but working on this kinds of not verbal and nonverbal communication and Absolutely. Understanding what drives people, what drives mm-hmm. myself, understanding and observing the critical part of it is being aware mm-hmm. and being critical in observation mm-hmm. and understanding that not allowing your first snap judgment to yeah, influence yeah, yeah. what you just saw. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so just real quickly before we go to break, when, when you kind of made this flip and decided to make this like your full time thing, how did you start? Were you just like kind of coaching people about this? Did you start training, doing trainings? How did you like make that transition? I actually started coaching one on one. As I said, uh, I'm pretty shy and introverted. And okay, my mentor wanted me to get out there and do public speaking and i was like no i don't think so not yet <laughs> like let's just do this one step at a time i'll just dip my toe a little exactly. bit in the water and <laughs> exactly until eventually it's like you fall in and you're <laughs> yeah, pretty soon the momentum takes over and yeah. the universe says no it's time for you to go out there and share in a bigger way ah uh, wonderful wonderful great great okay so let's take a quick break and when we come back we'll we'll talk about some of those bigger ways that you've been sharing and and sort of this body of work that you've created over the years and how it can help our audience okay fantastic wonderful so everybody please stay tuned you're listening to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity and we'll be back in just a moment you're listening to the talking alternative network What are the latest travel trends? How can travel be a part of your overall health and wellness plan? This is William Paris, lifestyle travel consultant and your host on Travel and Wellness Today. Join me on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time for travel chat, travel tips, and travel news updates. That's on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183 That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. TalkingAlternative.com Lend your ears, lend your hands, lend your movement, anything you can. Come to teach, come to be taught, come in the likeness and the image of God, cause you can be like that. 
With all that humbleness and all that respect All the power invested And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity We're here talking with our guest Sharon Saylor All about verbal and nonverbal communication We've got to have a little bit of verbal communication here This is a radio show, you know Absolutely <laughs> Doesn't work without the other Right So when you talk about sort of body language with people, do you ever get kind of a resistance of like, well, isn't that kind of manipulation? I do. Mm-hmm. It, I say it's not manipulation. If someone is speaking a foreign language, let's mm-hmm. say French, right. and I want to help them understand me, mm-hmm. then I try to speak French. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with nonverbal communication. Okay. If they're not understanding me, Right. For whatever reason, then I just shift my nonverbal communication right. and they're, you can see the eyes light up when they begin to understand. Right. I see. I see. Yeah, yeah, No, that makes a lot of sense. When you put it that way, it's just another language. It's just another language. There are ways that you can learn to manipulate people, but that's not right. where I come from and right. I don't teach right. people to do that. Right. But right. yes, unfortunately, there's... Like so many things, there's a darker side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, things are a tool, right? I mean, this is one of the things that's a tool, and it's not, the tool is not good or bad. It's very neutral. It's just how you use it is a different story. Absolutely. So, out of curiosity, when you first started learning about body language and and all this stuff, what was the, the, was there one aspect of it? Was there something about it that was most difficult for you to kind of really wrap your mind around and really... Uh, um, own? That's a great question. And it's going to sound kind of strange. My answer is breathing. Breathing? No, that doesn't sound strange at all. Everybody, when you say breathing, they're like, well, don't we do that all the time? (laughs) And and why is breathing important other than keeping me alive? Breathing is Uh, the first nonverbal we're judged on. People will say like uh, eye contact and how you walked into the room. It's how you're breathing when you walk into the room that people actually pick up on because it activates their safety mechanism. If I'm breathing comfortable, I'm breathing natural, I walk into the room and I'm Mm -hmm. flowing, then people are like, oh, safety, I can Mm -hmm. relax. If I I walk into the room high and rapid breathing, tense, Mm -hmm. my movements are jerky because I'm not getting enough oxygen and you Mm -hmm. can hear my voice pattern because I'm breathing high and rapid, it absolutely... activates people's safety or the fight or flight mechanism right right and th- and those are things that the the mind picks up on very subtly so it's not that they're consciously thinking oh look at the way this person's breathing no it's it's a very sort of unconscious sort of subtle kind of just feeling they just don't feel right right have you ever walked into a room or shook hands with someone and go i don't know they seemed okay but yeah. something just wasn't right right or or like you walk in a room where there are a few people and and it's like dead quiet and you could tell like there was just a conversation but somehow it just went silent and like was there just a fight in here (laughs) exactly (laughs) and it's all based on our subconscious or unconscious those are the things that keep us safe Mm. we can only take in so much in our conscious awareness at once right but that undercurrent is constantly going to keep us safe Mm. and it's always being activated Mm -hmm. or relaxed depending on the situation and if we can help people relax Mm-hmm. By knowing to breathe deeply and naturally mm-hmm. at all times, mm-hmm. that was the big shift for me. That's when uh, I was able to go from one-on-one coaching to public speaking. Ah, uh, uh, all through the breath, which is quite interesting because, I mean, we'll talk a little bit later about mindfulness, but that's also one of the keys they say of mindfulness is paying attention to your breath. 
Absolutely. That's yeah. the one thing that has the constant current is understanding how you breathe. Yeah. It creates so much of your life. It yeah. seems counterintuitive, but right. I say, look, it <laughs> was the first thing that you did when you came out of the womb right. was take a breath. Right. right and right. it creates your whole life is how you breathe. Right. right. Interesting. Interesting. So, I mean, the study of body language has been around a long time. Have we learned more recently about body language and understanding it better than, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago? Yes. It's oh. amazing to me. The science of neurobiology, as it's called, ah, has okay. started to incorporate nonverbal communication and the meaning mm-hmm. and watching how we activate the vagus nerve, which is mm-hmm. the very old nerve that runs through our body. Mm-hmm. And how when people do gestures or movements Mm -hmm. it not only activates other people's vagus nerve but also our own and it's always fascinating to me when you hear and watch people talk Mm -hmm. you begin to not only hear their personal metaphor Mm -hmm. but you'll see it in their body language Mm -hmm. they'll be telling you the stories Mm -hmm. but this when we do certain movements like somebody will say to me oh i'm feeling so beaten down and you look Mm -hmm. at them and they're sort of hunched over and look beaten down Mm -hmm. Then you begin to realize that in that beaten down position, that hunched over position, Mm -hmm. they're not breathing correctly. Mm -hmm. Their muscles aren't activating correctly. So it is affecting their whole system. Mm -hmm. And we're beginning to understand how it changes the chemicals in our body as well. So I'm uh, just absolutely fascinated by the new learning that's coming out every day. And and myself being a student of Tony Robbins, I know how physiology is one of those major components of whatever our mental state that we happen to be in. And so if you're hunched over and, and, and kind of physically beaten down, you're going to feel beaten down. But if you change your physiology and straighten up and do some exercise or something, you can instantly sort of change how you're feeling. Instantly. Yeah. It's amazing to me how quickly, once we're made consciously aware of something we're doing, right. it amazes me how fast our bodies and our minds will begin to integrate it. Right. I was working with a client one time not too long ago, and she was telling me the story. I just feel like I keep bumping into this, banging into this wall, and I just can't get past it. As I observed her, she kept sort of leaning to the left as if she was banging into something. Uh And I pointed out, is the wall on the left? Mm -hmm. And she stopped for a moment. She goes, yeah, how'd you know? (laughs) Her body language was telling me by the way she kept bouncing to the leaning to the The left. So we actually tell a lot of our stories when we're saying something to people like, oh, I felt stabbed in the back. And then you might talk to them and they'll say, you know, my shoulder really hurts. (laughs) Hmm, I wonder if there's a correlation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of my teachers uh, that I learned energetic healing from, he always says that like when somebody comes to him and says, oh, I got this pain in my neck, his first question to them is, well, how many people in your life are a pain in the neck to you? And then they'd rattle off, oh, there was this one, that one, this one, that one, this one, that one. It's true. It's very true. We tell our own stories and it comes out in our body language as well. So our body language just isn't learning about crossed arms or eye contact. Right. It can go much more deep than that. Right, right. So so how do you get started when somebody comes to you and says, you know, I need help? Well, first of all, how do people come to you? I mean, uh, you know, people don't usually go out looking for like body language coaches, you know? (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Usually it's word of mouth. I get a lot of phone calls that said, you know, so-and-so told me to give you a call. Uh, okay. And it's fascinating to me, just as a side note, oftentimes it's women 
And when men call, they'll say, my wife or my girlfriend, uh-huh. <laughs> my boss okay. told me to call. <laughs> cool. So, so they come to you. How do you usually get started with someone? Like, how do you know where to begin? I asked questions. At okay. very, it's called clean language, and it's very open-ended questions. The mm-hmm. questions that can't be answered in yes or no. Okay. Like, tell me about what's going on. Mm. What would you like to have happen next? Mm. And as you observe them, their whole body begins to tell you the story of what's going on. Uh, I see. The, you know, there's a, a therapeutic practice called somatic experiencing that kind of uses the body to help people with dealing with past traumas. It sounds like they're pretty interrelated. They are interrelated, but I'm not a counselor. I'm right, just right. a coach. And just what I do is help them understand, okay, this isn't working for you now. Right. What would you like to have happen next? Where would you like to go? Uh, and oftentimes it's related to confidence in the workplace. Like mm, people don't see me as the confident leader I am. What am I mm, doing? And they maybe aren't making the right kind of eye contact. They're right. not breathing deeply. They're hunched over, whatever. Their chin isn't parallel to the ground. They're doing a number of things that people mm. go, hmm, what's that about? I had a uh, woman come to me one time during a speech afterwards. She goes, why does everybody think I'm judgmental? <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. Give me a second here. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I realized that when you asked her a question, she was a very high systems process kind of person. Okay. So everything wanted to go into a list. If you asked her a how question, mm-hmm. you could just see the mind ah, trying to make the, the one, two, three list. Yeah. But what would happen, her thinking face, just like mm-hmm. my thinking face, mm-hmm. my mouth was open and I had the deer in the headlights. Mm-hmm. Her thinking face is she'd scrunch her eyebrows she her eyes would get really narrow her lips would purse and she would go inside to make that list so she could help you and be very helpful mm. but if you do that right now scrunch your eyes and narrow your eyebrows and yeah. purse your lips gosh that's a pretty judgmental face mm, gotcha so knowing gotcha. what your thinking face is doing is often one of the things that we talk about oh interesting interesting and um, do you find that when you make these shifts in, in body language for people that it, it not just changes their body language but changes their thought processes as well? Almost immediately. Really? There have been times where I've worked with someone and later in the afternoon they'll call and they'll say, oh my gosh, people are treating me differently mm. already. Wow. And it's reciprocal. When we go out into the world expecting a certain way, it's reciprocal. It comes back to us. And what's wonderful about that is it's Mm. reinforcing. Mm. We might learn a few techniques of confidence and public speaking and other types of things. They go out into the world and they're getting the positive feedback back and they go, Ooh, this feels good. So they keep doing it. Yeah. 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 But I imagine that like in a coaching session, like you'll, you'll be kind of specific to them, like, oh, well, you know, make them aware of what they're doing and maybe what they can change. But I mean, body language is, is a huge body of work. There's a lot more, I imagine, than you can cover in an hour coaching session. Oh, yes. We usually yeah. tackle the big questions that they have first and work on from there. Right. And oftentimes it's not just about body language. Uh, it's about the way they communicate, uh, okay. the style they communicate. Right. Working with a professional woman not too long ago, she mm-hmm. goes, I don't get it. Nobody's treating me like the, where I am on the org chart. Uh, and as we talked, she shared with me one bad incident. And she goes, I said to him, but th- I thought this is what you wanted. I said, oh my goodness, that sounds like a, an assistant or a secretary, not a, like a leader. Right, 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 right. 
Yeah, it's like it sounds like someone trying to please their boss. You mean I didn't do the right thing? Absolutely. And she was wondering why people weren't treating her as the leader. So in that case, it was her verbal response, but it was an emotional response, and it came out verbally. And and do you find like people come to you more for like work related stuff, or do people ever come to you for like sort of personal or or relationship type things? People come to me for the work related, and then Mm. they'll see how it all influences all areas of their life oh. the woman with the scrunched face yeah she went home showed her, i snapped a quick picture of it and she uh-huh. went home showed her husband and he said i oh my gosh i thought for 17 years you've hated every plan i've ever had <laughs> and she called me the next day and said you've saved my marriage and oh, now it wow. now it's a joke in their relationship when she makes that face oh, so that's yeah great. It that's great goes everywhere yeah absolutely right because who we are is who we are and how we show up in one aspect of our life is how we show up in all aspects of our life so true absolutely okay great all right time for us to take another quick break and uh when we come back uh let's maybe talk about body language in relation to mindfulness and start seeing how we can be more mindful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network. Are you on a path of consciousness or spirit? Is personal or spiritual empowerment important to you? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant, and I am here to answer your questions and bring you experts in all areas of life to raise your awareness and support you in your evolution. Tune in at my new time, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on www.talkradio.nyc. That's Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, My guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. shining night 
behind a mask like Zorro. Be my prince tonight. I know you're right there. I dream big dreams. Are you the one who'd sacrifice for me? Are you the one for me? And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. This hour, we're speaking with Sharon Saylor all about uh, body language and uh, kind of being more mindful in, in our bodies, right? I mean, isn't that what understanding and, and sort of studying body language is all about? It's learning to be more mindful in how we use our bodies. How you show up in the world. Yeah, yeah. Are there any kind of commonalities that you find often that when people come to you that, you know, there's certain faux pas or there's certain things? Other, I mean, we talked about breathing, how that was kind of one of the basics. But are there other things that are kind of fairly common that we're unconscious about that, that you see a lot? I think the big one that people have a hard time understanding is just keep your chin parallel to the ground. Ah, People will say things about your chin. What's that have to do with it? But once we keep our chin parallel to the ground, it solves a multitude of problems. A a large portion of women love to tip their head when they listen, Mm -hmm. but that's a very submissive move. And if we're doing that as a leader or in the workplace, there again, we're giving away some of our power just by tipping our head. Now, it works great in private relationships, so Ah, go ahead and tip your head in a private relationship, but in a business or a negotiation relationship, make sure we don't tip our head to the left or the right. And then keeping our chin parallel to the ground, we don't tuck our chin so people Mm -hmm. think we're introverted, Uh or if we stick our nose in the air, meaning our chin goes up, Mm -hmm. people might think we're stuck up. So just Uh keep your chin parallel to the ground is a great... Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, that's a good one. I have to remember that. Um, are there ones that for, for public speakers, since, since you work a lot with public speakers, are there some basic things for public speakers that you, you kind of notice pretty frequently? Well, one of them that I notice, which people go, that's nonverbal communication, absolutely yeah. is called location. On a oh. stage or in an event room, mm-hmm. set out specific locations and keep that space that you choose to present from the good news and the neutral news, mm-hmm. always clean. You can easily contaminate it mm. with bad news. If you're going to give any sort of volatile or bad news, uh-huh. choose the, a location away from that location. Mm. I'm right-handed, so I tend to wander to the right. Just okay. Sometimes when I get nervous, I tend to wander to the right. Okay. So I always put my location off to my bad news location off to the left because oh. I don't accidentally wander through the bad news location. I see. But people are very accustomed to knowing location and what to expect when someone's in that location. Oh, interesting. So it's similar to a house. We might feel safe in a house mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. Or we walk into a place and we don't feel safe there because it triggers some memory. Right. Location, even if they're small, like a small speaking location, mm-hmm. and then you wander several feet to the left and that's the bad news location, right. people are triggered the same way. 
Interesting. Interesting. So does that mean also like when you're really trying to make a point, like you should maybe be like if front and center is like when you make your powerful message and making a strong point. So whenever you're about to make a strong point, you go front and center. Absolutely. That's where that term comes from. So that's how it works. Oh, I see. I see. That's interesting. You know, I've heard it said that um, like memory is stored spatially in the brain. Like if you think about what you had for lunch yesterday, you, you there's like a, a spatially, kind of virtually in your head, there's like a position for that. Whether you think about that today or tomorrow or the next day, so I guess when you're when you're physically kind of in a space, you're also kind of spatially uh, related to the information that you're giving. Oftentimes, some people though actually have it more than just in their brain. Oftentimes, a kinesthetic person that has a kinesthetic memory mm-hmm. will store it in various parts of their body. Ah. So it can, it can be just beyond the brain. You right, might see right, someone, right, 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 right. Gotcha. when you ask them a question, they're looking down. Well, actually, they're searching through their body, and they might ah. pull the memory out of their elbow. We don't know, right, but it just right, 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 pops right. up. Right, or like, you know, they, they get nervous in the stomach, right? That butterfly's in the stomach, so, you know, that's like where they store stuff down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Well, what do you find when you're working with clients is, is the biggest challenge for them to really implement this, this information around body language? Getting over themselves. <laughs> ah, I guess we do take ourselves too seriously a lot of the time, don't we? Absolutely. We, we worry that everybody's constantly thinking about us. Right. And sometimes it's a bit of a shock when I say, you know, the world isn't constantly thinking about you. <laughs> yeah, we all have that kind of that little bit of that narcissistic tendency of like, what? You mean it's not all about me? Exactly. Ah. <laughs> and wondering. I always say sometimes the most eccentric person can walk into the room and command the room. Yes. Why is that? It's because right. they're confident with themselves. Right. They're right. breathing low and slow. Right. They just know that they're there and their message and they're present right now. They're present yeah. in the moment with you. And so getting over ourselves, when we're too wrapped up in ourselves, mm. we're too worried about ourselves, we can't be present with the other person. Right, right. And that's what the other person really wants, is to have you there. Absolutely. And, and sometimes that person who commands the room is not the person who's speaking the most. True. It's they, when they, they can sometimes be very purposeful and take their time and wait and listen, and then they make a certain comment at just the right time and just the right number of words, and then everyone turns and looks and goes... Whoa. When that is the perfect negotiation skill. Yeah. I learned years ago that the one who speaks last wins. Mm. Uh-huh. That's not entirely true. It's right. the one that speaks most thoughtfully. Mm. They don't have to speak quite last, but mm. they're usually the ones that have taken a lot of time, taken in all of the different information, mm. compressed it, compiled it, and they come out with a thoughtful answer. Mm. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Cool. Cool. So... All right, so that's, a, I guess, a good segue to say then, like, all this um, work you've done in terms of body language and practice, how did you go from body language into mindfulness? Because that, you know, I, at first blush, kind of on the surface, is like, huh, you know, they, they don't, doesn't quite make sense, but there is a, a relatedness, isn't there? Absolutely, there is. One of the things that when you understand body language and begin to work with it, you have to stay very present in the moment, mm. moment, be able to observe what's going on, increase your conscious awareness, right. and be able to tap into the what your subconscious is telling you. Mm. A lot of that is what mindfulness is about. Uh-huh. Many people think mindfulness is just sitting there for 20 minutes, 30 minutes meditating. But if you right. can take being present throughout your entire day, 
Right. Imagine how many more people you connect with, right. how much deeper your relationships get, right. just how much more competent you get because you're taking in enough information to have enough context mm-hmm. to know what's really going on. Right. It stops snap decisions too. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, people tend to forget that meditation is just a practice. It's not the only practice, and and the point to it is to sort of train ourselves to then be able to take that practice and bring it with us through the rest of the day. And um, so, so did you? Was it kind of slowly you sort of built up towards? working mindfulness into your practice or, or was it something where like one day you had something that was just like, whoa, and then you had this big realization said, okay, let's start putting this in. I think it's a little bit of both. Throughout the practice, I realized how quickly people's beliefs could change when something where they were Uh, able to do a physical movement mm -hmm. and they got the positive feedback and their beliefs would change so quickly. Sometimes it would be to me almost overnight. I'm like, wow, this is so they're coming back and calling. Can you give us an example of someone you've worked with? Well, I had a wonderful young man, and he was in the family business. He okay. didn't quite feel that he fit in the family business. Okay. He wanted to be a singer. He just oh. wanted, that was his deepest thought. Mm-hmm. And what he, we did is his business world didn't allow him to be a practice or be a singer. Mm-hmm. So all I did was happen to just drop the idea into his mind just as mm-hmm. a casual conversation. Well, you could really practice singing by taking full breaths and really enunciating your words as you speak in these meetings. And I was showing him how mm. he could speak fuller and more richer just and giving his lungs practice. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing happened was the next day, one of the other family members came up to me and said, what did you do? I was like, <laughs> Nothing. I didn't do anything other than remind him mm-hmm. how to speak and how to breathe. Mm-hmm. And now he realizes he's, we've tied it to practicing his singing, mm-hmm. but also his, just his public speaking voice as well. Uh, okay. And he's gotten positive reinforcement from the family. Great. And great. the cool part is now he's beginning to speak up more and feeling more in tune with the family business too. Oh, oh interesting. Interesting. So not only did it help him to feel more connected, but now it's like, okay, what, what he was fighting against before now isn't a fight. Exactly. Oh. It's wonderful how beliefs quickly change. Yeah. And as I did the that work, I'm wow, there's something really here. Mm. Prof, more profound than teaching people don't cross your arms or make good eye contact. Right, right, <laughs> something right, right, deeper. Right. When you can change how people view the world mm-hmm. and open up all their possibilities. And that's where it just, it was a gentle moment. Mm. And then like so many times it just hits you like, yeah, this is, I've got to start incorporating this. Uh, uh. And when you started to incorporate it, were your clients like very open to it? Were they kind of surprised? I was amazed. They were so open to it. Uh, it resonated uh. with them as if somebody is finally giving voice to the truth. Oh, interesting. And about how long ago was that? Two years ago. Ah, so it's relatively recent. It's relatively recent. And and since that time, have you noticed how mindfulness has been bantered around quite a bit in the community, in the business community now, much more so than it ever was before? It is. I think it's starting to yeah. take hold that people see the connection is what we're all seeking. Right, right, right. Yeah, it, it just amazes me. I've been in business for so many years. How in the last five to ten years, like these concepts that were once very fringe and very on the edge, are now getting incorporated in many mainstream ways. 
I know, but it used to be called, oh, that's too woo-woo to bring yeah. into the business. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And now you have like, you know, heads of some of these major, especially technology companies, they seem to get into it like they're meditating during lunchtime and all this other stuff. Okay, cool, cool. Wonderful. All right, time, uh, believe it or not, to take our last commercial break of the hour. Um, so when we come back, we'll talk about, uh, you know, how people can find out more about you and what you're working on next. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network. Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? Are you navigating a new life's journey? Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern right here at TalkingAlternative.com. What are the latest travel trends? How can travel be a part of your overall health and wellness plan? This is William Paris, lifestyle travel consultant and your host on Travel and Wellness Today. Join me on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time for travel chat, travel tips, and travel news updates. That's on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Yourself stuck in the middle of the sea. I'll sail the world to find you. If you ever find yourself lost in the dark and you can't see, I'll be the light to guide you. Find out what we're made of when we are called to help our friends in need. You can't count on me. And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. And our guest this hour has been Sharon Saylor of Competitive Edge Communications, talking all about body language and mindfulness. And well, I guess, you know, the study of body language is about being more mindful in your body, isn't it? Absolutely. Understanding what you're saying. (laughs) Wow. And you've done seven books so far. Um, So uh, are you working on anything new? 
oh, I'm always working on new things. Ah, My current passion is understanding conflict in the workplace and how our body language increases or decreases conflict in the workplace. Ah, so you're working on a book about conflict. So what what have you found? Oh, I've been amazed at the things I've found, but I've come up with seven main archetypes of people that are what we Ah. call difficult in the workplace and how you can defuse those types oh, cool. of things just with body language wow can, can you give us a little teaser of what are the seven archetypes or f- five of them or something? oh yeah my, one of my favorites is the sniper because sniper. those are the people Ooh. they always act like they know exactly the you know they're come and they've got knowledge base and they'll come with the resource mm. and all of this and they'll just in the meeting all of a sudden rapid fire like a machine gun <laughs> boom 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 and you're all left sort of stunned like what was that about because right. it's usually out of left field right and oftentimes they get gratification of being the smartest person in the room. Uh-huh. There's ways to defuse that. Okay. So if you know, I'll just use the name George. If mm. you know that George is the sniper on the team, mm. there's ways to defuse that. And one of the great ways mm. is to do what I call open palm gesture. Sometimes people call it the beggar's palm. I don't quite like that term, but mm-hmm. the palm facing up. And you open your gesture towards George. Mm-hmm. And you before he has a chance to snipe, Mm-hmm. You say, so George, tell us what research you found. Or so George, tell us what you think uh, about this. That sort of acknowledges the elephant in the room because mm-hmm. you know he's going to do it anyway. Right, right, right. And it diffuses the situation because uh, when people are snipers like that, the whole team tenses up and they're just yeah, like uh, yeah. waiting for it to happen. Right, right, right. Cool, cool. Uh, do you find that, that these kinds of things are, are helpful for not just people working like large companies, but for entrepreneurs and small business people as well? Anytime you talk to other people, mm-hmm. there's always the chance for conflict. So knowing yeah. the things that cause conflict non-verbally right, are critically right. important. Okay, what are some of the other archetypes? I love oh. archetypes. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have the critic and uh-huh. the bully. And okay. so the bully to me is important out there now. Okay. Usually a bully wants to be seen and heard. Mm. And one of the ways they, they're all about power. Right. But if we acknowledge that power, it's mm. like raving a red flag in front of a bull. They'll continue to do it. Uh. And so oftentimes it takes a much gentler approach to a bully because they'll deny that they're doing it. Right. They're just trying right. to help the team. They're right. just trying to help everyone. So right. oftentimes it takes a more gentle approach with a bully. Mm-hmm. And you acknowledge the sanity of the group with a bully. What do you mean? Well, oftentimes somebody, all the team members, you can see their eyes rolling, then they're confused or annoyed, and they're like, oh my gosh, here he goes again, here she goes again. Mm -hmm. When we're wondering if we're sane, Mm -hmm. then things can spiral downhill very quickly. Uh, But as the leader, if we acknowledge the sanity of the group mm -hmm. and understanding this, I understand, well, use the word George again as maybe he's the bully this time. Mm-hmm. Yes, George, you have a point. And, and you do a wonderful upward palm gesture to the, west, mm-hmm. to the rest of the group and say, and mm-hmm. then you say your point mm-hmm. and you gesture to the rest of the group. The mm-hmm. rest of the group goes, oh, she, my leader, sees it the same way I do. Uh, okay, I'm not the only one who's wondering if this is crazy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so when we acknowledge gotcha. the sanity of the group, the whole rest of the group relaxes, mm. realizes George is being George. Right. We don't like it, but at least I'm not the crazy one here. Right, right, right. At least we feel okay in our ourselves. Right. 
Cool. So the, what, what are the kinds of archetypes? Oh, my goodness. The critic, the critic is similar to a sniper, mm-hmm. but they don't always come fact-based. They don't always come research-based. They're uh, the ones who, well, okay. to play devil's advocate. Yeah, <laughs> I hate that term. <laughs> yeah, I do too. And it's a little more top of the mind. It's yeah. not as well thought out. Right. And so oftentimes they're a little harder to deal with because they believe they're right they don't know they're right Uh, (laughs) a sniper knows they're right uh, so (laughs) i gotcha i gotcha but sometimes dealing with someone who just believes they're right without the facts it's much tougher to deal with because you can't argue with them in a sense because they believe what they believe and it doesn't matter what the facts say exactly right so how do you diffuse a a a critic well oftentimes you have it's not easy to do. Oftentimes, if it's in a team, you take mm-hmm. them aside and show them what the truth is, what's mm-hmm. happening. This mm-hmm. is where our beliefs are. The other things you can do is say, well, George, that's an interesting topic. It's not on today's agenda. Ah, and so there again, okay. you're sort of satisfying the group like, oh, good, mm-hmm. good. They've quieted him for now (laughs) and we can move on so sometimes you have to deflect them okay but it it works at least in the moment and then you can take them aside wonderful do do you have a name for this up-and-coming book yet well the working is just how to deal with difficult people in the workplace okay all right great great so um if people want to learn more about your work or get in touch with you how do they find out about you well my website is sharonsailor.com my last name is spelled s-a-y-l-e-r and Sharon just spelled the usual the usual S-H-A-R-O-N. way. Absolutely, Sharon Sailor, and mm-hmm. can contact me there. There's a contact form, and there's mm-hmm. also my email address and my phone number, all on the website. Oh, okay. And where do you hail from? And usually, I get that out of people in the beginning of the show. Well. My main office is in Portland, Oregon, born and raised there on the West Coast, but I spend a good deal of time down in Florida, too. Ah, okay. And so you travel a lot and you do speaking engagements so they can see your calendar and everything and how to get in touch with you. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, so you said you're working on three new books, so that was wonderful. What are the other two about? The other one is about how to have a sales conversation. I call Uh it sales conversations for the tongue tied because Uh so often we're like, oh, I don't, they freeze up when they say, what do I say here? What do I do here? Uh, Cool. And the other one? The other one is about actually a children's book for my beautiful new granddaughter. Oh, excellent. Wonderful. Wonderful. So, and I imagine somewhere in between here, you occasionally sleep. I occasionally <laughs> sleep, yeah. but you know, when you're passionate about what you do, yeah, you yeah. just want to keep on doing it more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Sharon, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you're popping in here to New York for just a, a hot minute, and uh, I really appreciate you coming in studio and, and sharing your insights and your wisdom with us. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, it was great. And uh, everybody, I want to thank you for listening as well. Um, um, next week, uh, I don't have it in front of me, but of course, we'll have some more great guests um, uh, coming up for you. And as usual, please stay tuned. Uh, following my show, of course, is Kevin Barbara with his show Coffee Talk 3.0, the actor who reinvented himself in midlife and uh, has some always wonderful insights and great inspiration for you. So everybody, thank you for listening. This is the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we will talk to you next week. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day.
Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? Are you navigating a new life's journey? Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, right here at TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at monty at montytaylor.com. That's monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at montytaylor.com. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network, 